Hello, everyone, and welcome to Marvelous Movie Mondays. MMM, that's a tongue twister, if I do say so myself. I'm joining my co-host, Kelsey. Kelsey, what's up? How's it going? How's it hanging? Hi. Um, it's going great. Um, yeah, it's going really good, Dill. How are you? Yeah, I'm great. I'm feeling incredible, if you will. Oh, because yes. I think that this is the first time, unless we're counting the Mark Ruffalo movie club or she hulk that we've like podcasted about hulk and everyone right. knows hulk is my favorite avenger and yes, he is. i am so excited to talk about the incredible hulk today um as part of our what are we calling it kels our, our little mini series oh um this is the second part of the first avenger files That's where right. we i knew the answer back. Just like, yeah i was i know yeah yeah it wasn't I like know, i was because... like what is it called again i didn't want no, you to think I, I was disrespecting your idea by forgetting <laughs> what it was called it was more so a segue to set it up for you um no you know you know that i like to say it because yes yes um, i like it <laughs> there we go so we're going back in time basically to the 70s and 80s uh where these tv movies were coming out as these backdoor pilots for um the series that would emerge out of it. Last week we did Spider-Man 77, which was a unique experience. This week we're covering The Incredible Hulk and The Return of The Incredible Hulk, which were two movies that served as pilots for that series. That series did get picked up and was very, very successful, made uh, household names out of Bill Bixby and Lou Ferrigno, which we'll talk about in a sec. Um, but Kelsey, do you have any news to get to before we begin, or do you want to just jump right in? Um... Well, as we discussed before we started filming, that the season two of I Am Groot just dropped on Disney Plus. Which we didn't even know was a thing. Which, which I, guess I didn't of the even strikes, know. Because of the strikes, <laughs> it's like, I guess they can't have Vin Diesel really talk about it, even though I don't think he would anyway. And right. like, maybe, yeah, I don't know. It, it dropped though, so it's a new Marvel series, so we're going to talk about it next week. Not yeah. now. But. As far as I knew, the next thing that we were getting was Loki season two. So this was just like, really random and unexpected yeah the next thing we're actually getting at these is the marvels right or no is loki before that well i, I think the marvels is in november isn't it november yeah, like 11th or something I don't loki is october 6th Ooh, okay cool. yeah cool, cool, so cool. we're like we're like less than a month out from getting loki season two which oh, is super exciting yeah, but apparently there's a new Marvel series out there that we got to cover. So we're going to cover it next week in its entirety. It's only five shorts. Um, and we'll also kind of give like a little bit of a news update. Just kind of talk about some stuff that's been swirling around um, just in the in the Marvel sphere. Um, but anyway, why don't we get to it, though? I mean, this is so exciting. My first ever Hulk exclusive podcast. So, Kelsey, you know what I'm going to do? What? Hulk out? Yeah! Oh! I have to cool. because it's like it's my favorite Avenger and, and how many more times we're going to get to cover this. We're actually going to cover it at least two more times. But you know what I'm saying? Um, there we go. Green names as well. Wow. This is it. I'm so excited, Kels. And, and I'll be honest, I'm not just excited because it's Hulk. I'm excited because it's the Hulk series. And I think it is one of the best of the Marvel throwback series, at least in my opinion. And I think these two movies are incredible. And I can't wait to talk about them. I mean, it's got it in the name, The Incredible Hulk. Um, Kelsey may feel differently. We'll see. Um, but I would love to hear Kelsey, your blanket, just based thoughts, uh, unless you want to just dive into synopses first, whatever you want to do, Kelsey, I'm just going to be sure. here along for the ride beaming like a little schoolboy. Cause I'm so okay, excited. Dill. 
I I'm excited for you. I am excited to talk about the Hulk because we really haven't gotten a like you've been saying we haven't gotten a good opportunity to do so. Um, I was I I was I'm to theme as well over here. I did specifically take my notes in green nice. for the Hulk. Nice. Nice. Um, so I think we're let, let's just jump right in. We'll we'll talk about some uh you know we'll talk about the events that occurred. Um, some major yeah. plot points that happen yeah. because, you know, most people aren't watching these, you know, it's not like the yeah. movies that we can all watch on Disney plus. It's right. like, and I will say, this one, <laughs> this one's a little bit more accessible in terms of like, you can get good quality versions of them. Like the Spider-Man yeah. one, it was hard to find this. Well, I mean, it was not hard to find, but it was hard to find like an actual digital download of it. We had to find a right. YouTube version. This one, like all the episodes are on Apple. And I think it's because it was such a success. Like a lot of our parents, our grandparents, like they grew up with, or not grew up with our parents might've, our grandparents may have been older, but you know what I mean? Like, our um you know older generations like this was a pretty big popular show i know especially for marvel fans uh because it was pretty loyal to just the overall concept of the whole thing in a sec too but like i just this dropped is, my phone it's okay you get it um yeah it's, so it's a oh, wow blankets yellow not green disappointed um so <laughs> kidding is that a towel or blanket i don't care it's, um, a, it's a blanket <laughs> yeah but it's not green so i don't care oh my god Whoa! <laughs> Wow, you're really Hulk sorry. Okay, your computer. On the I ground. we're um, a mess. Hold it's on. It's okay. Why don't I talk while Kelsey resituates um, <laughs> and reconnects? Um, this is a first. Okay. Um, no, but it's it's it's. I think one of the most well respected of these these Marvel series. It's definitely the one that has had the best legacy. So much so that we'll talk about it. But She Hulk and a lot of the marketing literally had marketing to throw back to the style, like the kind of shot in the in the theme song where like bruce is like standing on the steps and is like you won't like me when i'm angry or something like that or sorry not bruce david um but standing yeah. on the steps like you won't like me when i'm angry like they literally mirror that shot in the trailer for she hulk watching back so like it's cool to see that like its influence has mm, definitely yeah. stuck around lou ferrigno obviously such a famous name but it's like because of the show and and i i do think the show is of all the shows and tv series i think this is like the most popular one so um so hopefully we'll get more viewers on this one and listeners because i think this is a fun series to go back to and we will go back to this at least two more times because there are two more movies uh along this path um but yeah Kels, take it away so um sorry before we started i realized that my beats were had very low battery and i wanted to make sure that they survived you know usually we talk for about an hour so i'm i'm connected i've plugged them in so they're charging as we talk so when i moved my head it brought my whole computer down so i'm so gotcha. sorry for that but okay. let's jump right into the incredible hulk released um it aired we're talking about the pilot, which aired yeah. on November 4th, 1977. It was directed by Kenneth Johnson, also mm -hmm. written by Kenneth Johnson. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And so here's my quick summary for yeah, that. Kenneth Johnson, the creator of the show itself. Yeah, just yes. Yeah. Um, when scientist Dr. David Bruce Banner exposes himself to entirely too much gamma radiation, he finds that he can access a considerable amount of strength, but needs to transform into a mindless green monster to do it. There you go. So basically, so we start this series off, we get like a happy little montage of a husband and wife, <laughs> you know, this being David and his wife, who I don't know if we ever find out her name. Uh, it's mentioned at, at some point, but very quickly, like it's, it's in passing. Yeah. So, well, she doesn't stick around for long, Dill. So it doesn't, no. her name isn't really relevant. 
because right. it's not find... said in the beginning. It's said later yeah. on when it's like this happened to me, but I lost. I think maybe Lisa's the name. I lost Lisa. Lisa's no longer here. Her son is mm. here. Like he says it right. there, like very quickly. Right. Yeah. Right. 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 Um. So we find out that in this little montage that actually Lisa passed away when her and David had gotten to a car accident. Um, we see him specifically trying to lift this car um, because, you know, it like they fly off the road. It, it tumbles down a hill. It lands upside down and he's trying to lift it, trying to get her out. And he's unable to save her. Um, he doesn't quite reach the strength he needs. So we find out that him and his colleague, Dr. Elena Marks, uh, research, uh, you know, this kind of inhuman strength people get whenever they're in a stressful situation, their adrenaline's going, it's a fight or flight kind of situation. Oh, it's, it's like Laura, not Lisa. I was so close. You were so I just, close. I you... went back and looked at the subtitles to see what it was. I watched back the scene. It's Laura. <laughs> wow. So, oh, I, mm, I just lost a five point of trivia match. Right <laughs> yeah, you just lost. When a we inevitably match add that these one. to the trivia league. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so they're researching what causes people to kind of get this, it like unbelievable amount of strength. So they're interviewing all these different people with all these different scenarios. You know, the first people that we meet is a woman named Mrs. Mayor, son BJ. And she's talking about how she was basically in a very similar car accident to the one David was in, but she was actually able to lift the car. You know, that mm -hmm. kind of happens with like mothers and like women who have children they like get this strength when they're like children are danger because you know, it's like this huge adrenaline rush like mm. kicks in and it's like yeah. basically what happens when they, you go through trial childbirth. It's crazy. Right. Except a 110 pound woman lifting a 1200 pound car is still a little bit of a stretch. As no. Yeah. Learned. That's yeah. yeah that's, that's but, pretty incredible. But I will say I, I incredible. Ha ha. How many times are we going to say that? Um, oh, no, but I, I really like this kind of inciting setup, like being that mm -hmm. like all these people are like having this like kind of superhuman strength, but it's, it has nothing to do with like sort of powers. It's just kind of like something with their DNA. Like I love the scientific mm -hmm. angle of the show. And I think that's one of the things I most appreciated about like this opening pilot was just how much in the science it was. It almost kind of reminded me of anything like a Grey's Anatomy episode because it was a lot about like mm -hmm. let's look at the charts let's look at the DNA let's look and examine what's wrong I was like wow this like feels like a Grey's episode it just it has superhero elements to it which yeah. I really like um and and I will say uh what's her name the, the actress who played Mrs. Mayor uh Susan Batson is so good in this one scene like so amazing Dill, I was just going to say the same thing I literally yeah. wrote down in my notes. She is acting her heart out. Yeah, I mean, all of these She's actors. She's so good. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk about Bill Baxby as well, and even um, Susan Sullivan, who plays Elena Marks. But, like, I think all the yeah. acting in the show is consistently really good around the board. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's taken, it's it's definitely taken a more mature leap than, mm -hmm. what, than the Spider-Man, than the yeah. Amazing Spider-Man. Well, yeah, because also Spider-Man, Spider-Man, it's like he's a youthful spirit. You know, he mm -hmm. in some versions he's a high schooler. So like there's kind of this whimsical sense of adventure. Whereas Hulk, I feel like, has always dealt with like kind of the alone, like kind of lonely aspects. I mean, we look at the MCU, a lot of it deals with how he can't get close to anyone romantically because he can hulk out. It's like mm -hmm. this rage monster inside of him. And I think we kind of get that here too. He's lonely. I mean, his wife dies in a car accident. We see what happens at the end of this film with someone else who's close to him. You know, like mm -hmm. he is someone who, because of his 
just the way he is, he's already a loner. Then he has these powers on top of it that he gets that like makes him even more of an outcast because now society fears him and, uh, you know, hates him and ostracizes him. And he himself can't even connect to his other person to where he feels so alone when he snaps back out of these things. Like it's a very lonely character and it's a very sad character. And the main theme for the series that like kind of slow piano ballad music that they use in every credit sequence for the series is very sad and very dreary. It's like that funeral, like piano tune. And I'm like, this is a very unconventional theme song for a movie, for a superhero movie. You know, it's like, it's not like your modern day Avengers. Dun, 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 dun. It's not, it's like this slow, like piano. Yeah. Like, very, yeah, very sad yeah. and somber. I'm like, yeah. Wow. I mean, it's like a pretty bold move, especially for like, you know, a show that is trying to appeal, I guess, to all ages, but like, has a more mature tint to it but still is a superhero film through and through so it's like that's what's very yeah. interesting is just how they take on like the kind of more mature but also kind of like sad and darker approach to it yeah it's definitely much more mature than the spider-man one which i like yeah yeah um so basically we find out that the reason for the, their experiments and their research and, and everything is basically because david wants to know why he couldn't access the same amount of strength that all these mm -hmm. other people could. You know, we hear the story about the other woman who is able to like bend a pipe when she was in trouble. Um, and he wants to know like why it didn't happen for him, why he couldn't save his uh, wife. So basically they, uh, they find, they realize that all of the people during the time of their incidents were exposed to a certain level of gamma radiation and he wasn't. And so his solution to this is, oh, well, I'm just going to crank this dial to max mm -hmm. capacity, sit in this space. <laughs> it's like literally like this MRI machine that he's like sitting upright in. He has this, his face is like tucked into this like mask thing to hold him in place. And he's getting like rotated and there's a green light shining on him. And I guess that's supposed to represent the gamma radiation. And it's just like, it's so, it's so, first of all, it's a very long scene to watch yeah. him undergo this gamma radiation treatment. But also it's just like kind of silly because it goes it on is. for so long and he's just sitting there like this. Yeah. But it's also like, <laughs> I, I appreciate how like, I feel like in a lot of superhero origins, it's like, almost like accidental like oh i got bit by this spider what do i do mm. or i fell into mm. this cave or whatever but yeah. here it's like like he's doing it consciously he's he's so motivated by his own ego and grief because it's like partially yeah. like ego like oh i can fix this i can make myself like whatever i'm the best scientist who ever lived but part of it is also i am literally like aching and in pain over this loss and why was i the only one who wasn't able to stop this and i'm pissed mm -hmm. off about it so it's like, and that's where the anger slips in too. Cause it's like Bruce Banner, I think that, or David Banner in this case, but it's like, the whole thing is like, you got to understand why he gets angry. Cause you have to get angry to be the Hulk. It's not just like when he gets pushed or, or, or hits that something goes off. Like the whole line is you don't like me when I'm angry. So we got to establish mm -hmm. that there's some sort of anger there, but I like how yeah. it's not like he's this rage monster either. It's more so like he just has so much pent up guilt about his wife that it just pisses him off more so about himself he's more pissed off about himself and what he couldn't do because of his own ego than it is he's pissed off about another person or something and i think that's a really interesting character device to kind of mm -hmm. introduce us to this character to show he's got an ego but it's kind of you know it's justified why he has these like fits where he's pissed off and i like that i like that kind of bridge of loneliness and pissed off as this character i think it works really yeah. well in establishing who this is because this is also an older you know superhero like he's he's clearly mm -hmm. a little older than your tip 
typical traditional leading man, you know, mm-hmm. um, which is another thing that I think makes it unique. But yeah, it is a silly sequence. Though. I agree. <laughs> Speaking <laughs> of the Hulk. So we get our first transformation sequence. We get our first Hulkening, if you will. And it's when he's driving home. It's 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 a rainy night. There's some shrapnel in the road. He drives over. He ends up getting a flat tire. He has to get out of his car in the rain to fix it. You know, things aren't going right from him. Like, removing the tire, it's just too taxing for him. He's trying to undo the bolts, and he just can't do it. He freaks out. He gets angry, as you've been saying, Dill. And we get our first transformation. The first sign of him transforming is in the eyes. His He's got these bright whitish a little like green uh contacts in which i found so jarring and, and interesting yeah. um cool, I like it. and slowly but surely we see like his shirt starts ripping his muscles are coming out his like sleeves start ripping the pants start ripping and he you know becomes big and and uh hulking if yeah. you will I, I gotta just say it. I really have enjoyed between this and Spider-Man seeing how the seventies deals with the special effects yes. and the lack thereof, you know, like I love how like they kind of said, you know what, we can't show anything with CGI. Cause that's not even a concept at that time. It's like, mm-hmm. let's just kind of do it practically. Let's like cut back and forth between him and Lou Ferrigno. And then like mm-hmm. put Lou Ferrigno in the small clothes, have him rip him open. Like, I like that. Like you're not putting all this makeup on this regular guy. Instead, you're going to have another actor cast um, as a whole. We'll talk about Lou Ferrigno in a sec, but like, mm-hmm. I love just the kind of transformation and how they play around with the different filmmaking techniques to kind of mask the fact that they don't have the technology to do that, you know, which I really, yeah, Dale, I said the same thing. I literally wrote down, love the practical effects. And it almost makes me wish that the movies that we have today as great as like CGI and special effects and, visual effects are I it almost makes me wish that they didn't that almost like as technology advanced we just got better at doing the practical effects instead of switching over right to computer generated stuff I just wish like because with the shirt ripping especially it's like we don't see that kind of stuff in movies anymore like if someone's changing into their you know superhero outfit these days it's completely CGI like no part of the metal ones like Iron Man and Spider like the Iron Spider it's like you press a button and it all just kind of forms around you that's to me, that's not exciting. You know, I like when yeah. it's even, even the old Iron Man, when he's like putting on each arm like that to me is mm-hmm. exciting because it's like the whole fun about the superhero thing is you get to suit up, you get to put on this costume. Yeah, um, that's what I always liked about the Raimi Spider-Man movies, too, is like when he was in battle, the costumes would rip and he would mm-hmm. have like half of the face open. Like, I like that stuff yeah. um, in the Raimi movies. But it's yeah, it's it's very interesting here. I, I like the practical effects here as well. I, I just yeah. I think that's why Guardians 3 was so good, too, is because, like, James Gunn was like, I don't want to make all these CGI animals. Let's just have them all be makeup. And, like, they're all yeah. prosthetic animals. And those animal yeah. people on that planet look really cool. And, like, they, of course, need CGI when you make the baby animals and stuff. Like, the real animals, like the baby rocket stuff, that's all CGI. Mm-hmm. But it's like, if you can do it practically, do it practically. All the gold people, the sovereign, are just made up. It's like yeah. they're, they have makeup on. And, and you don't mm-hmm. need CGI for that other directors may have used cgi for that and that's kind of sad yeah. it's like we don't have to so why would we um and that's where i think james gunn is going to be such a good help for dc because i think it's going to have kind of that unique quality to it so. yeah and this is kind of the first time where we see um this version of hulk kind of really go out of control because once the transformation happens he starts wrecking his car he throws it off the road i'm like what 
why you're wrecking your car. You're going to need that eventually. And then he just wanders off into the night. Seemingly, it's the next morning. He stumbles upon a young girl who's fishing at this lake. He, you know, gives a hand. He, he He's never violent. You know, he has mm. more control over, I think, any other version of Hulk that we've seen, Edward Norton's or Mark Ruffalo's. Um, he's still kind of like this mindless, almost like this really young and like uneducated kind of brain where he can't really formulate words or, or understand anyone really, but he's never violent. Like he never just sees a random pedestrian and wants to freak out and, and kill right. them. So he sees this girl and his first instinct is to like help her up off the ground. Obviously when there's a horrifying green monster behind you, you start screaming and panicking. She, you know, sails off onto the lake. She ends up falling out of the boat, drowning his response to this is to rip a tree out of the earth and kind of like use it as a way for her to like grab on. So she, uh, he can save her, but you know, she's freaking out. She calls for her dad, his dad, uh, her dad has a gun starts shooting at the Hulk. And this is when he kind of gets angry because now he feels threatened. So now this is when he kind of attacks the dad a little bit, ends up throwing him into the lake and, you know, wanders off into the woods yeah. Eventually he changes back to David and he's like, Oh my God, like what happened to me? What did I do? Um, and the first thing he does is go to the lab to tell Elena what happened to him. He's like, I changed into a monster. This is crazy. So now comes the sequence of them trying to figure out how to reverse this, you know, how to bring him uh, back to normal. But he starts make thinking about the death of his wife. Obviously that's the catalyst that, you know, makes him, angry to his core so he hulks out in the machine that they're trying to use to you know change him back and he ends up destroying it but you know he breaks out of it he and elena is like very you know calming with him and is trying to help him she's like mm -hmm. your hands are hurt like let me help you and still he's able to like really rein it in and kind of almost reason with her, but not in a way that you can tell he doesn't fully understand what's going on, you know? Yeah. So yeah. it's just interesting. Yeah. I, I wanted to say one thing about the, uh, yeah. the little girl scene, because I, I think this is such great imagery um, to the old <clears throat> Mary Shelley Frankenstein, uh, the 1931 movie. Um, there's a scene, this, this beautiful scene where this, um, or Frankenstein's monster kind of stumbles upon this little girl throwing flowers into the, into the lake and he gets excited and, and he starts throwing flowers with her. She like makes this friend with this big giant green monster. And then just because he's this big giant monster doesn't know any better. He like throws the girl into the lake and it's a very sad, like, it's almost like one of those mm. tragic, tragic things where the character doesn't know better. And this young girl, I, I believe she dies. And it's like kind of this whole thing about innocence. And like the mm. character didn't know he was killing this girl, but he's like, oh, I yeah. don't have any more flowers. What can I throw? I'll throw you into the lake and throws her in the lake. I think this was a great parallel to that because yeah. it's like, it's that idea of the Hulk, like not really being this like bad thing or this, you know, he's obviously a vengeful monster when he needs to be, but it's like kind of that innocence. And I, I think there's a real parallel to the fact that he's a big green hulking monster and Frankenstein's yeah. monster is also a big green hulking monster. And I yeah. think that's kind of like what this kind of 
took inspiration from. Obviously, they didn't go as dark a route as to having him actually like accidentally killing her like the Frankenstein right. one does. Because I think that'd be a little too morbid. And then, of course, when they did Young Frankenstein, they did a joke on this where like he starts playing on a seesaw with her and he sits on the seesaw and she goes flying. But instead of <laughs> dying and falling into the yeah. water, she like lands in her bed safe and sound. It's like this whole yeah. gag. But like, yeah, it's kind of like that. It, it's the idea of the innocence. And it's like, well, is he to blame or is it just kind of society to blame for jumping to conclusions that this, this right. big monster and that's why we get this villain character who's really not really a villain and we're gonna see him soon when he like shows up at her apartment being like oh do you have a second to talk oh i see you're busy like he's the villain of the of the um of the story because he's doing his job he's a reporter who's like there's this big mm -hmm. monster we must track him and, and hunt him down he's a menace to society but it's like mm -hmm. is he and that's what makes him a villain is it's because right. he's, he's really not and it's like you know but but to everyone else, they wouldn't see him as a villain for simply reporting and wanting to hunt down this monster, you know, but we, the context of the viewers. So I think it's just a very interesting device in like literature and film, like that idea of kind of the innocent monster being almost like a child yet to learn the way of the world. Um, and I think that was such an interesting parallel. Like literally as soon as I saw her sitting by the lake, I'm like, are they about to do the Frankenstein thing? Is he about to kill her like by accident after oh playing God. with her? But then they right. jump to the whole like, oh, we got to kill him, like all this stuff. So, right. um, but it's very similar. I mean, this is very much like Frankenstein, you know, kind of the innocent monster who doesn't know better, doesn't understand his strength. You know, that's that's something we see in um what's the other one of Mice and Men too when when Lenny with kills Lenny, that yeah. girl by accident. You know, like it's it's that whole repeated idea, you know. Yeah, you know what uh he kind of reminds me of till um I Shrek. forget which I'm kidding. How, how did you know I was gonna bring up Shrek? Wait, were you really? Yeah, because I, oh. I was <laughs> Wait, wait, wait! Not Shrek, like not not just because he's green, like Shrek. Well, that was the joke. I didn't know you which, were actually gonna. No, 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 I'm gonna talk about Shrek though, which is weird oh. that you said that. Okay. I don't remember which Shrek it was, if it's Shrek Two or like Shrek Far, Far Away or whichever one it is. Um, but uh, that whichever Shrek where they have to make the big version of Jinji and his name's like That's Mongo two. or Mongo. something. Yes, and he doesn't know better. Yeah, And yeah, he doesn't yeah. know better and he like rips like the big cup off of like the fake Starbucks, like the right. whatever the far, far away coffee Mongo, is, yeah. whatever. And they're just like, he's like, oh. And then they're like, follow the pretty pony. And he's like, oh. And it yeah. like reminds me of that character. That is from, so funny that Shrek we both two. got to Shrek but in two completely different ways. That's weird. You uh, were like that Shrek? Is one of the saddest, like, that is one of the saddest animated movie deaths. Oh. Oh, yeah so sad when he like falls in the water yeah because he's looking at the bright fireworks and he's like Ooh, yeah and he falls oh, no it's so sad. Ugh, let's not even go there um drop buttons being literal bombs i can't that movie <laughs> is so fucking good and like yeah i i think it's genuinely good too it's not like one of those things where i was six at the time and i appreciate it like i think it's genuinely a freaking masterpiece i want to cover those movies on here are there any marvel tie-ins maybe maybe not but maybe i'd somehow. have to I'd have to look like into it. Like for an Avengers movie club, like we don't have Antonio Banderas yet. We don't have Eddie Murphy. No Cameron Diaz. We'll get there though. There's got to be someone, right? Well, I'll, I'll look into it. We'll, we'll brainstorm. We'll see. Yeah. We'll 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 try to tie Shrek into this channel. I think we should just do a Shrek draft day someday. Maybe like February, March. <gasps> to celebrate. I I was thinking February because like Valentine's Day and it's the most romantic film ever made, or March <laughs> because March St. Patrick's Day Green. Maybe we do like a green characters draft, like Shrek, Frankenstein, Ooh. the Hulk. I don't know. I love it. This is the only Just three let I can me think know. Of, but like, yeah. What the about Ninja like Turtles. a leprechaun? Yeah. Oh, the Ninja Turtles. Lucky the leprechaun. The green M and M. 
we're tipping too many picks. All right, let's okay. we'll save it for draft. You're right, you're right. So basically what we learned from this is that Elena is trying to convince David that like everything's going to be fine because like, listen, she's like, even when you were that creature, whatever, like it's never going to kill anyone because you won't ever kill anyone because at its core, it is you. So, you know, she's just trying to convince him that it's not as bad as he thinks it is. And so then a policeman shows up while they're at the lab and he's like, Hey, so we found your car wrecked on the side of the road. Like, want to tell me about that? And he's like, Oh, well, I, don't really have a great explanation for this. And this is when we meet the reporter, Mr. McGee. Mr. McGee. Um, Such a classic, has, like, yeah. TV 70s. Mr. Jack McGee. McGee. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, And then he has the big, uh, like, footprint. And he's like, oh, does your friend wear, like, size freaking 28 shoe? Like, whatever it is. I don't even know if that's a big size for men. I don't know how many um, shoe sizes work. I is don't 28 know. big? yes okay okay cool. I'm a 12. So then my joke works. <laughs> oh yeah okay yeah, cool 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 <laughs> i'm a six and a half so if anyone wants if anyone, anyone was curious yeah well see small. i don't know now you know how i feel it's it's small i feel like most most women are usually seven seven and a half i feel gotcha. like i don't think she's listening to this but one of my one of my managers at work literally one day uh, one of the bartenders was like, I bought these shoes. They're way too small for me. And you're the only person I could think of that could fit into them. And our manager's like this tiny little firecracker. So she like comes over and she's like, I'll try them out. And she like puts the feet in. They were the literal doll shoes. Like literally like designed for American Girl dolls. Like I couldn't believe her feet. And they fit right in. I was like, how, wow. did, how the hell? I was like, this is at least five times smaller than my foot. I was like, there's no way this is an actual <laughs> human being's foot fitting into an actual shoe she's like it's a little snug i'm like yeah think <laughs> but like wow i was like wow good good for you some people have small feet the hulk isn't one of them no not and so he's kind of suspicious of what david and elena got going on he thinks that they know more about this creature than they're letting on so he kind of sneaks into their lab he sees the destruction that went on and he knocks over like a bottle of some clear liquid that ends up you know destroying the place so um elena stays in the lab to like take care of something and this is when we get the iconic line you were talking about dill when you know uh mr mcgee is uh talking to david and he's standing on the steps outside the lab and david says don't make me angry you wouldn't like me when i'm angry mm -hmm. um and then the lab ends up explode exploding yeah. and Elena unfortunately passes away. Yeah. And it is a shocker. I I, I couldn't believe because honestly, yeah. I, I had seen episodes here and there as a kid. Yeah. Just because there were reruns on TV. But I forgot when I was watching this, I was like, oh, so this is the main woman in the series, right? Like this is gonna be like a love story, whatever. But it's mm -hmm. not. It's one of those like shocking moments where I'm like, wow, like yeah, that's a bold risk for a pilot to pull off. Maybe it's because they didn't know if they would get picked up for a TV series. Because mm. these were two, you know, movies released as pilots first. Uh, yeah, or, or as movies first before they were pilots. But it's like, wow, like I, I, it was a big risk, and I don't think you see that in most modern movies or TV. Because like movies, it's like we want franchises. Like we're not going to kill off the main love interest in the first film. I don't. I can't even think of a time when that happened. Like the closest thing is yeah cap and peggy in first avenger and even then he doesn't die right. he gets sent in the future um like i i really don't know the last time something like this has happened and yeah. i really i think it's a bold risk and i honestly really appreciate it because especially because i think she did a, such a good job that scene where they're in the lab together and she's just trying mm -hmm. to like calm him down talk him out like 
those two, I think, just have such a good grasp on those characters, that relationship. It feels fleshed out, and we barely even knew them for more than an hour and a half. Um, she right. did a great job. But that scene, I was, like, genuinely shocked. Yeah. Yeah, it, it definitely was shocking, especially when you think about how this is the pitch for the television show. So now you're pitching it with this character that you've just gotten to know for an hour and 30 minutes. But, but oh, but then the rest of the series isn't going to have her because she dies. Like, well, she's the big death. Yeah, but it's you know also I mean? one of the, it kind of plays into the theme of, like, he went through all this because he couldn't save his wife. And even now with his strength, he still can't save the people he loves. I think that's mm, a kind of really sad sure poetry there and i think that's also kind of what aids into the rest of the series because he is this person who longs to help others but is just so unlucky in life and so lonely in life And we see that play out in the next movie Mm. this idea of trying to help someone but because you're trying to help someone you become even more of an enemy of someone else and it's like that idea where you can't really win in this world and it's sad it's a very sad reality and i think that's kind of why they went the route they did with this ending is to show that like even now with his strength he's still loses the people he loves and and it's sad. right and i think that's really really awful but that's what makes it so good i think it's like such an interesting mm. show and i'm like what bold risks and bold swings to do that you know yeah yeah for sure um and so we find out that basically the episode ends with david um faking his own death in the explosion mm-hmm. because he decides that you know he needs to really get a hold on this transforming into a big monster thing before he kind of you know, lets himself back into like a functioning society because he doesn't want to hurt any more people. And, and that's where we, uh, that's where the episode ends. And, yeah. and um, we end with that really slow piano music too. It's like, yes, a very downer ending. There's a little mm-hmm. bit of optimism of like, now he's going to live his free life and be free of this, but we know there's a whole series coming. He's obviously going to be in a run in with this detective, you know, like there's right. going to be more stuff down the line, but what were your overall thoughts, though, on this first episode? And we can talk a little bit more. I, I definitely want to talk about Lou Ferrigno, but I feel like we can bring yeah. that up later because he does a lot more in the next episode. Mm-hmm. Um, but what are your thoughts on just this overall pilot or movie? You know, Dill, I'm disappointed to tell you that I didn't love it. Okay. I I just didn't find it as exciting and engaging, I guess, as um, the Amazing Spider-Man. I thought that mm-hmm. that one was a little bit more entertaining and maybe yeah. had like a little bit more, I don't know, I, I pizzazz to it maybe. Yeah, it, had, what I'm trying it to say. had more energy for sure. But yes. Yeah, I, yeah, um, I kind of appreciated this because it didn't, because it almost kind of had this like kind of sad overtone to it that I like, sure. I, I guess it's because we don't see that a lot in, in movies anymore, you know, mm-hmm. in superhero movies anymore. Sure. There's always a rousing sense of adventure and we didn't get any of that here where I'm like, yeah kind of appreciate it it's a bold interesting take because especially because the next movie yeah. will get a little bit more of like the fun you know like beating yes. up a bear you know which we'll oh get my to. god um, but like that's why i think this one it was like a very interesting especially for a pilot i was like it's just such a bold big swing that i, I have to appreciate it but i get what you're saying i get what you're saying yeah i feel like it's one of those choices that it, you know you either deeply appreciate it and you appreciate you know how different it is and how unique it is for this genre or you just kind of look at it as kind of like a swing and a miss and i think that's kind of where i'm leading more mm-hmm. i my problem for me is that i just didn't think that this this is going to sound weird but i didn't think that the stakes were high enough in a in a weird way like it didn't mm-hmm. like obviously like his you know him battling him having this internal battle is trying to like get a rein in on like being the hulk and trying to fix this is is the 
basically the main conflict of of this story. But I just didn't think that there was enough external conflicts around it because we start the episode knowing that his wife is already dead. And I feel Mm -hmm. like had the episode gone in a different way where maybe, you know, the big, you know, the main person he's trying to save throughout the episode is the wife or like that scene doesn't come until the end and he's somehow unable to access the strength and we end up losing her. I feel like that would have meant more to me than losing the character that I really liked, which was um, Elena. And I thought that it was interesting to make him lose not one, but two people and kind of how, and he basically kind of starts the episode the same way that he ends it, which is not being able to save either of them. And I, and you said, you know, you took that as like a positive, you know, interesting aspect where I'm, I'm kind of just left feeling like, okay, so where do we go from here now? Kind of Mm. thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, it very much is a pilot where I think it's like kind of just setting the ground for more to happen. And I think that's what we see Mm -hmm. in the next episode too, is it like Mm -hmm. kind of takes the premise and rolls with it. Okay. Now he's like separated from the lab and from his, home now what now how does he navigate mm-hmm. being kind of alone on his own you know trying to save things but also still be sciencey as well i think i also appreciate the science aspect of it too it was much more science yeah. than i originally thought mm-hmm. um it's very funny how they like have the dial where he like does the gamma and it's like obviously taped over or whatever because they don't know how high it goes and he's like oh, it must mm-hmm. only be this much and he's talking to her and she's like no it's like three million he's like what <laughs> like yeah that was very yeah. funny to me um and that's another thing too it's like it didn't have a ton of humor but it had like a joke or two to where i was like okay like i get yeah. it and the camp the camp of the hulk himself too it like kind of feels like a throwback all at once um mm-hmm. but it still feels like mature for its time um i don't know I, I i did really like it but i get what you're saying i think it's also because i just love the whole concept of the hulk and the character of the hulk i love that mm-hmm. kind of like really poetic nature of like being alone and the loneliness aspect while still being the strongest you know you have everything but you have nothing all at once type thing yeah Um, you know eeyore is my favorite winnie the pooh character so say with that what you will i guess i'm just drawn to like the sad depressing fucks but you know it's it's just like (laughs) it's it's, i think it makes for very interesting character studies and for me it's like I, i feel like it's interesting when i look we talk about these movies i feel like you're very much into like plot and like relationships and stuff where i'm i'm more into like the tones and vibes and like character which is very interesting it's like two different minded people but like yeah like i was so digging this thing like this was Mm. awesome to me but again that's where we vary um yeah but i'd love to hear your thoughts though on the second one uh to see if you like more or less because now we kind of get more into like the whole okay now it's going to be almost like a series this is the adventure of the week this is the person we're trying to save right you know the mission of the week type deal even though it is still technically a movie that was released um a little bit of background the pilot uh was aired in uh, obviously 19 uh what was it 78 uh 77 november 1977 then two weeks two or three weeks later um the return of the incredible hulk aired uh and later when the series got picked up it was then renamed death of a family parts one and two aired as two episodes but this was aired as a two-hour movie on a sunday um Mm -hmm. shown in two parts and then the next episode didn't come out till march 1978 so it was like these two were made and then it was a long period of time before they had filmed and released the other one so this is the second pilot movie um death of a family uh or death in the family or the return of the incredible hulk. we'll just call it the return of the incredible hulk because i like that because okay. it is a return all right <laughs> right back, baby 
So like you said, Jill, this one aired a few weeks later after our pilot. This one aired on November 27th, 1977, and it was directed, still written by Kenneth Johnson, but directed by Alan J. Levi. Nothing um, says happy Thanksgiving, like seeing a woman trying to poison her own child to death. Yeah. <laughs> So after oh, the events of the pilot episode, David Banner finds himself working on a ranch where he suspects something mysterious is happening to a sick girl named Julie. Um, so we kind of start this um, episode feeling where we left off on uh, at the end of the pilot episode. You know, he's kind of, um, you know, leaving society. He's yeah, excusing he's him. Yeah. Yes. He's exiling himself mm, from society, if you will. Thank you. Yeah. Taylor Swift word. <laughs> oh, um, is it? I mean, it is, but like, did she coin it? No. But like, well, I'll give it to her. I'll give it to I her. I think she invented it, if you ask me. Exactly. Um, okay. Sure. Yep. Yeah. Yep. For sure. For sure. <laughs> Thank you, Jill. Um, and so he's hitchhiking to, you know, far, you know, these like royal communities where there aren't many. Um, you know, people around, you know, trying to just distance, distance himself. That's the word I was looking for. Mm -hmm. And so he kind of stumbles upon onto a farm where he sees a girl walking on crutches. Um, she falls over. She, uh, he ends up helping her out. She kind we kind of get a little bit into her story. Like she's visiting her father's grave. who We find out that, you know, she used to go running with. So she wasn't always walking with crutches. She didn't always need them. So we're kind of like, huh, what happened to you? And then mm. she ends up passing out and he carries her back to her home where he meets kind of all these different people that work on this estate, all these different maids and housekeepers and, you know, these men that work on the ranch, uh, these field hands, if you will, and the woman who's taking care, uh, woman in charge of taking character, her in care, the woman in charge of taking care of her, excuse me, named Margaret. And um, so she, you know, we get to her bedroom and they're like, oh, we, she needs her medicine. And she, they give her an injection of myostatin, statin. Myostatin, I think it's called. And I Googled what this <laughs> I Googled what this was just because I was curious. And it turns out that myostatin is a protein that inhibits muscle growth. Mm -hmm. So yeah, if, I feel like this is uh have you ever seen the movie what is it called? Run on Hulu. Oh, it's, with um, Sarah Paulson. Yes, yes. It reminds me of yes. that. Like kind of like a Munchausen type thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. When yes, exactly. And it's also yeah, like that other sick when they're not sick. Yeah. Like that. that that other TV show that came out with Joey King um, where the mom is making her believe that she's sick too. Hmm. Oh my God. What was it called? I don't remember. Anyway, if it comes to me, it comes to me. It's on Keep Hulu. Um, so the David, the act. Oh, yes. Arquette's in that. Oh, I got to see. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think she won. I think she won a Golden Globe or an Emmy for that performance. Anyway, um, so David is weirded out by this because as we know, the audience, David is a man of science, you know? So he kind of is immediately points out the differences between what's actually being injected in her and what myostatin is. And he's like, you know, he says to the nurse or whoever's giving her the injection, like, isn't myostatin supposed to be clear? And he, and she just looks at him and is like, and who are you? Like what? Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> right. And which so, I also love because it's like 
I love again, I love the scientific angle of it. Like it's actually yeah. getting into actual scientific conversations. And I think that's mm-hmm. also fun. Like um it's like Grey's Anatomy, like I said. Like the mm-hmm. idea that he's just like, Oh, isn't this that? Like I love the moment also we'll get to it where he like checks out the machine and he's like, Oh, I'm part of this this company, you know, just checking out the MRI machine. Like I, I just yeah. love the scientific angle of it and him still being a doctor and what that aids yeah. in his character and, and kind of the demeanor. Cause I feel like he's so calm, cool and collected, but not in the Mark Ruffalo way where I feel like Mark Ruffalo is almost playing it a little shy and just kind of timid. Whereas he's not really mm-hmm. timid. He's, he's very, you know, he's not introverted necessarily, but he is still quiet and perceptive and, and like kind of studious in a way, which is right. a little different, which I like. It's a cool take on the character. Yeah, I agree. Um, and so to thank um, David, we, um, Julie's mother, Margaret, uh, hires him on the ranch. She's like, oh, like, can, you know, if you work for us, we'll give you a place to stay, like, whatever. It's just to thank you for, you know, saving Julie, basically. And he introduces himself as David David Benton. So he's going as a different name. Mm-hmm. And so funny that you keep bringing up Grey's Anatomy, Dill, because I don't know if you recognize Dr. Bona, Bona, Bonafont is his name, I think. Yes. Dr. Bonafont is played by, I'll tell you, in just a, a second. Um, Mr. Feeney. Mr. Feeney from Boy Meets World. That's how I know him. Oh, he's Mr. Feeney from Boy Meets World, too? Yeah. Oh, my William God. Daniels. What? William Daniels. William Daniels. Yes, and he also has a, a character arc on Grey's Anatomy um, where he... That's right. Yeah. is uh, a mentor to Christina Yang while she is doing her um, attend- right. her attendancy at the, oh, Me- yeah. I think the Mayo Clinic in Minnesota. I think that's yeah, where she does her- Yeah, Craig Thomas yeah. is his character. In yes. Yeah. Yes. He's also in Girl Meets World too, apparently. I didn't see that, but. Good for him. He would, just like, what a sweet man. Also like um, push, pushing a hundred years old now and, and he's still looking good, so. Wow, good for him. Like he's still alive and still, yeah, kicking. Yeah, good guy. Yes. <laughs> so, and then we also find out between a conversation between David and Julie that Margaret is actually not her real mother. It, she's her stepmother. Which um, immediately I went, oop, that's a red flag. Not that exactly. like stepmothers are red flags, but it's like, think about the stepmother in literature, right? Like Cinderella's mm-hmm. stepmother. Like it's always got a negative connotation in literature and in media yes. where I was like, immediately I'm like, Hmm. So the medicine doesn't look the right color. It's her stepmother, not a real mother. She used to be able to run. Now she doesn't. I was mm-hmm. immediately like red flag, red flag, red flag. Something hinky's going on here. Hinky, hinky, so yeah. David pulls Margaret aside and says like, you know, I think that there's something wrong. Because the doctor ends up coming to the house and he gives her another injection of myostatin. And he's like, you're just giving this to her willy-nilly. We're not even sure what that is or what it's doing for her. Like, so he pulls them, this uh, Margaret aside and she says that something's wrong with her medication. Like, something weird's going on. And then we find out that the stepmother who, confront, who confronts, quote-unquote, the doctor, Dr. Uh, Bonifant, um, that you know, this field hand that I hired is on to you. He thinks that there's something wrong here. And, you know, we kind of get this sense that she's, she's in on it. Like they're, they're doing this purposely. Yeah, exactly. They're in cahoots, if you will. And so she's like, I need to get rid of him because I don't know who he is, but he's, he, he knows something's up and this is not going to go well for us. Mm -hmm. And so the other field hands, 
you know, sent, give him his severance pay. And they're like, great, you're, you're fired now. Like, thank you. Leave. Yeah. And, uh, and he's like, okay, but let me just go clear this with Margaret, you know, make sure that she knows what's going on right now. So then they end up ganging up on him, him and, you know, yeah. it's th- 3v1. And obviously we know that this isn't going to go well for them at all. So mm-hmm. he, you know, hulks out, takes them all down yeah. and, Which and breaks free. I, I the love forest. the way they show this transformation too, because again, they have to try to find a way to hide it. So instead mm-hmm. you see them push him outside and then you just mm. hear the growl from outside the door and then you yes. see the door bust in. I think that was just such a clever device of kind of introducing this transformation. Again, because mm. they have to mask around it. I love that. Yes. It's like you hear it and you're like, I know exactly what's going to go down. And it's amazing. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, so he wanders into a forest where an old man kind of helps him. And he mm-hmm. kind of just takes it in stride, this like big green monster yeah. in front of him he's like oh please have something to eat and have something to drink and uh yeah. it's gonna be fine so you do anything so, for friendship right exactly and then so he turns back into david but a- apart from we find out that this old man's name is michael and so he transforms back into david he comes back to michael's kind of like run down estate it seems like mm-hmm. he's kind of homeless um And then a sheriff comes along and he starts asking him questions about this green monster that's been sighted. You know, it took down some of the field hands at the, at the house. He wants to know if he's seen anything. And, and Michael, even just meeting David and the, and this creature, he, you know, he has his back and he covers for him. He says, no, sorry, I don't, I don't know anything. And David's like, well, why'd you do that for me? And Michael's like, well, people's business is people's business. It has nothing to do with me. I'm staying out of it. And I'm like, that is a a motto. I'm like, we should all be living by that. People's business is people's business. It has nothing to do with me. Um, just imagine, that though, on a you t-shirt. get confronted confronted by this big green monster. Big mm-hmm. green monster goes away. Shirtless man comes back out of the, out of the <laughs> blue, and you're just like, eh, I'll cover for him. Like, yeah, which is such a such a well natured man yeah. to do that. Because I don't even know if I would. <laughs> I'd be like, if- some fucking up is going on. There was a monster. Now there's a shirtless man who may or may not also be that monster. I don't know. Right. Yeah. You know, it- I forgot what I was gonna say. Anyway. Sorry. <laughs> no worries. I always go. I literally had a thought, and then it just poof, like yeah. a bubble. I need to, I need to always right insert my myself every now and then because you're so well prepared with all your notes. I've got it. If I have a thought, I'm gonna say it. No, please, Phil. <laughs> you've got please. so much already to say that you have written down. Where I'm like, oh, if I can add a thought to that, I will, just because I want to make myself relevant. But please tell me if it's too much. I please, Dill, interject as much as you want because all you have is very thoughtful and in, insightful and everything, and I'm just kind of regurgitating what happened. Um, you're, you're insightful too, Kels, but keep going. I'll keep interrupting. Thank you, Dill. So the B plot so is happening. <laughs> you know, funny enough, I think I'm going out later because it's Lauren's mom's birthday today. Oh, so yeah, I think I'm going fun. out to dinner with them because they're coming into the city tonight to see Kimberly Akimbo. Oh, fun, fun, fun. Nice. Which is fun. Um, I want to anyway, so, again, I promise. Okay. So the B plot of this episode is the return of Mr. McGee. I can't McGee. believe it's been raining all day. Like that is Dude, so Dude, the thunderstorms <laughs> have been nuts lately in, in New York City. <laughs> I love how you're not even getting pissed off. Because normally you'd get pissed off at me. But now you're just like, I'm just going to roll with his joke. I'm just saying like, yes and at this point. Yeah, it's okay. I, Keep going because I literally want to actually let you finish now because okay okay there is still football Our, to watch people today, who are so. listening are probably are probably like can they just get on with the episode please yeah <laughs> okay sorry 
Well, we're going to stop horsing around now. Bill, <laughs> save it. You know the rule about comedy. It's can I will, only I will sit here and hold my Paddington in silence. Go ahead. Good. So the B plot is the return of Mr. McGee. And he's kind of just, you know, being Mr. McGee and trying to suss out what happened to this creature. And he's investigating and whatever. Um, so then David goes to the hospital that Dr. Bonafont works at, just kind of suss him out. He sneaks in as, you know, going in as a different name. Like Dill said earlier, he pretends to be working for the company that made the MRI machine. So he's like, oh, we're just checking in and making sure everything's going well. And, Mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, it seems like the people that are having their treatments with that, um, are, are, successful or going well so it kind of gives him the idea later that you know maybe he wants to get himself a scan um and so he sneaks into dr bonafont's office and he take and he takes julie's file and while he's in there uh doctor the doctor and margaret come in and doc and the doctor's explaining to her that like oh we've doctored the x-rays so that even if an expert looks at them like it'll confirm the diagnosis that i've given julie that you know whatever's happening to her legs is is actually happening and that it's not just something that we're inflicting upon her and um so then him and the, yeah, so then, you know, it's pretty confirmed at this point that they're faking her illness and they're basically yeah. setting up to make it look like this is a thing that's killing her and that right. in the next one to two doses, you know, she could end up dead. Yeah. I'm going to interject, but it's actually going to yeah. be about the Hulk this time. Amazing. Um, I will never, in, in a film or TV show, whenever a character sneaks into somewhere to do something where he's not supposed to be, and then mm-hmm. other char- the characters that are supposed to be there, you hear them coming and they have to hide. That will never not make me nervous as hell. And they do it in every <laughs> film and every movie I know, but I love yeah. it every time. And I'm always like, yeah. oh, shit, he's in the closet. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's how I felt this whole scene. I was like, dude, get out. But I'm like, wait, he can't get out. Go in the closet. I hope they don't go in the closet. Oh, my God, he's yeah. overhearing them. I love that plot device. And if I ever write or direct a movie, I will make sure a scene like that is in it. Even if it's nothing to do with the story, I will find a way for a character to be somewhere they're not supposed to be and eavesdropping yeah. and almost getting caught, but not. I love that plot device. It's always a favorite of mine. Yeah, it's like that moment in scary movies still where like they're hiding and like the killer's right around the corner, but they have to like get something like their cell phone or a weapon or something and they're reaching, reaching, reaching. You're like, oh, don't make a noise. Don't make a noise. I so I, I, I totally it. get it. Yeah. Um. So sorry, I've lost my place in my notes. Okay, so. Oh, and then we also find out that. I forgot to mention this before. So Julie and her father, the way that Julie's father died was in a fire in, in an explosion that we find out that was actually on a boat. Um, and that Julie, obviously the father survived. I mean, didn't survive, but Julie did. And Julie was pulled out by this mysterious man who we end up finding out is Michael, the man who's living in the woods. So he's just an all around, like just good citizen, you know, um, good Samaritan, if you will. And we find out that the boat explosion was actually not an accident, but also that was the first ploy that Margaret and her like team of field hands came up with mm-hmm. um, in order to get rid of the father and her daughter. Because as we find out, the father had this big multi-million dollar company and the mother is looking to inherit inherit all the money. And so yes. that that is our that's our um 
our goal here. That's her motivation is, is yep. to inherit these millions of dollars. Um, and so David takes her original x-rays and the medicine and they, a nurse kind of, you know, is like, Oh, did that guy, there was a guy looking for you right by your office. And at, in that moment, David steps out of his office and she's like, <laughs> Oh, there he is. And then he <laughs> starts running off. And yeah. so he runs this yeah, again aided my anxiety. <laughs> I'm like, mm -hmm. oh no! If he had just waited like five minutes, no, yeah, it, you know. But of course, he exactly. had to walk out just as they turned you know, around. But again, made it exciting, time. and that's where they made the cliffhanger too. If you did watch it as episodes, um, they aired it as one big movie yeah. back in the day. But if you watch it as like episodically, which I think we both did, that's where the mm -hmm. to be continued is with him taking off in the car, which I also thought was a fun little like cliffhanger. Mm -hmm. And so. He takes off and in the car and one of the funniest lines ever uttered <laughs> made me laugh. I had to write it down is when the doctor and the stepmom are running after him and the doctor goes just to let the audience know in case you weren't sure. He, he says, I think he's headed towards the house. And it's like, yeah, <laughs> duh. Obviously he's headed towards the house. You didn't he have could to be yell headed towards that. the police station or something like, or, or I don't to like know. The, new, the radio station to be like, look what I just heard. I Maybe, don't know. But I feel like but it's, it's clear down to where like, his, there, there are only like three or four places he could possibly be going. And one right. is like the very clear number one answer on family feud. Like survey says he's probably going to the house. So, uh, and yes, like you said, Dill, this is where the first part of this, two-parter would end so i'm just gonna keep going into the next episode yeah. as if it's continuous and then we'll talk about our you know my thoughts specifically yeah, at, is, at the end we're looking at it as a movie so yeah, like, yeah. this is the climax i guess yes so well, then actually, yeah, I, say that. I don't want to say that the climax we all know what the climax is and it involves a bear we'll get there Oh my god okay as i said <laughs> this cannot be the peak of the episode what am right, i right 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 so then david gets to julie first miraculously because as we found out from the doctor he was in fact headed towards the house glad um, to see that that cliffhanger resulted in the right <laughs> uh, the right uh questioning pondering exactly and so david is trying to convince her like listen you're in danger they're giving you the wrong medicine like we need to get you out of here and she's like what are you talking about like you're crazy get out of here she you know she starts hitting him in the head with her water basin <laughs> which really hard. like really hard and it's like really comical and this probably was looked really cool when when you were watching it in the year 1977 but watching in the year 2023 it just looks so foolish and so you know cool and foolish how about that all right fine best of both worlds i'm biased D towards the series i fucking love it i don't care <laughs> listen dill i had a good time with this with these two episodes too i had a better time watching this and i did the pilot this is much like, more a good time yeah because it's still got exactly. dark elements it's about a girl yes. being like poisoned by her mother and doctor yeah. in order yeah. to have an inheritance like that's dark but at least right. it kind of leans into the fun of the superhero-ness i mean like this literally becomes a survivalist picture where they're like three three people trying to get through the woods without getting killed like kind of like a hunt like th yeah. that just develops into that in the next few minutes which i think is fun um and then of course the bear did you did i mention a bear <laughs> We're going to get to the bear, Dale. Don't worry. I know. I just want to get there. So he ends up hulking out because he's getting hit in the head with a silver water basin. And he yeah. it's it's making him freak out. So he hulks out. He crushes the thing in his two hands. And he Julia, Julie ends up, I guess, being so startled by all this that she like faints. 
and he picks her up and you know carries her out of the house as the hulk they end up um going off into the woods together he changes back into david and oh before he left he stuffs the files underneath the mattress so he hides them and she's you know he again spends the next few moments trying to convince her that like listen i'm trying to save you i know that that was like really scary but these people are trying to these people are trying to kill you Mm -hmm. and so margaret basically sends all of her field hands and everyone off on a wild goose chase to go and find them um david takes julie to michael where um Julie is able to put two and two together. Obviously, we know this as the audience, but this is the first time Julie uh, recognizes that it was actually Michael who saved her in the boat explosion. So she's like, oh, my God, like, you're my hero, whatever. And uh, I wrote I just wrote down Mr. McGee is doing things because we randomly cut back to him every now and again. And. um, Okay, so then Michael agrees to be David and Julie's guide it throughout the woods because he she he's like you're leaving too many footprints. I was able to follow you, you know, up until this point. Like, you know, you have to go down this way to make sure that you like lose lose all the people that are trying to catch you. And they're like, oh, like please help us. And he's like, okay, fine. So then they venture off into a river, and Julie says, I think something's got my foot, and and Michael's just like, it's probably a leech. And then a bear pops out from under the water and starts fighting David. Michael and Julie are able to make it to the other side of the river. Which, and... first off, um, didn't know bears. I knew bears could swim, but I didn't realize they like lurked under Went the water under, until yeah. a, a person came in to pop out of it, like an alligator or a crocodile. I think right. that's a really cool uh, enhancement for bears everywhere. I think that's a really cool skill that they, I just learned. <laughs> Um, and if I, I ever think... transform into a bear, like my favorite childhood classic brother bear, I will take yeah. that into account. Um, you know, Dill, I think this show might be giving bears too much credit. I actually don't know if they know how to like hold their breath underwater. Yeah, but... I mean, if... yeah. <laughs> now, okay, them. now the Paddington makes sense. I, I didn't, I didn't connect the two. No, first. I was going to reenact the, the fight between my Hulk okay. and my, my bear. But I, I figured, you know, why pit two two of my favorite things against one another? Yeah, um, no. I'll be honest, this fight um, kind of made my whole life and day. Um, so I, I, yeah. I think this is the peak of like camp superhero television of the 70s. Yeah. In a series that I've up until now been like, wow, this is like really dark and like kind of sad and grim, which I really appreciate. Here I was like, okay, this is the fun. And this is where I want to talk about Lou Ferrigno. Because Lou Ferrigno, if anyone doesn't know, was not an actor. (laughs) They approached Arnold Schwarzenegger. He was a a bodybuilder wrestler. And they approached Arnold Schwarzenegger saying, hey, do you want to play the Hulk? And he goes, no. He said, I cannot do it. I am too busy filming Conan the Barbarian. I cannot do it. So they were like, okay, okay well, what are we going to do? And he goes, here's my friend Lou Ferrigno, who was his rival, his like wrestling rival. He was like, mm. Lou can do it. Because he thought it would be humiliating to have Lou Ferrigno do it. He was like, ha, 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 this loser is going to have to play the Hulk. And then Lou Ferrigno was like, sure. Lou Ferrigno, by the way, is deaf, <laughs> in case anyone didn't know. Which is also why I've always resonated with the Hulk, because I have hearing loss in one ear. Uh, Lou Ferrigno was someone I always looked up to as like this guy who played a superhero and was deaf. He was like ninety percent deaf, so like he ha- he has implants, so like he can kind of hear. But like, what a perfect role for a guy who does nothing but build mass on his muscles and 
cannot hear and can only really kind of grunt because he had a speech impediment because he was deaf and was bullied as a mm. kid to where he was mute half his life because he was too afraid to speak as a kid because he got bullied. How awesome that he can just grow up and punch the shit out of people, like pretty much kick ass out of the people who bullied David Banner and just growl and be a badass and be this hulking presence. I love Lou Ferrigno and I'm so glad he got his break here because he never really went on to do anything else. He actually was a voice consultant in the MCU Hulk. So he like kind of provided some help with the voices for that, for mm. the actual Hulk in the MCU. So he is also technically an MCU actor as well. Um, but I just think it's really cool. Like he got his big break because he's just like a big guy that they needed to play the Hulk. And they said, hey, he doesn't need to say any lines. Like, let's have Lou Ferrigno do it. And I, I think he's great. I think he's such a fun presence as a Hulk. Um, but this bear fight is amazing. It was a real bear, just so people are clear. Wait, pause. Because still, I wrote down, I, I literally was like, maybe I'm pause? Dumbest. Look at the screen. Sorry. You said oh, pause and I needed to make sorry. the bear Continue. Sorry, pause. Continue. Yes, like pause. Yeah, yeah. Rar. Yes, Bear. continue. Got it. Is this is this a surprising fact that you're finding out that is real? Well, because I didn't know, and I didn't want to sound dumb. I literally wrote down in my notes, I said, maybe I'm dumb as fuck, but that bear looks real. It is real. So there's a fake bear for one shot, and I, I bet you can guess what <laughs> okay. it is. Okay. I literally wrote, that bear looks real, except when he eats it. <laughs> So Lou Ferrigno literally threw a pretty big mannequin. Like, that is still a big-ass mannequin to throw. The bear, it looks like a constellation in the sky. Because it, it was it, like... Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm just thinking about... I'm sorry. I'm just thinking about the bear. <laughs> the bear getting yeeted Flying is one of the best images the ever. If you have a minute... Literally just a minute. Download this is a dollar on Apple. <laughs> Buy the second part of an episode for a dollar. It's watch the whole thing because it's good. But the second half, watch it for the bear fight alone. You can probably find the bear fight on YouTube. You don't even need to spend a dollar, but spend the dollar <laughs> so you can get it in HD. Yeah. He fights a bear, first of all. Like <laughs> there's a bear on set. Now, granted, I don't think Bill Bet Bixby actually fought a bear. I think it was a stunt double. And then Lou Ferrigno did fight a bear. Lou Ferrigno was his own stunt double because why would you have a pro wrestler play the Hulk and then like not have him be his own stunt double? And you right. can see, you can see the best part of this fight is that he is obviously wearing makeup, and the, there's green makeup getting smeared onto the bear. all over the bear. <laughs> if you look closely on the close-ups, I... like watch back that scene. The bear every time it takes a strike, it gets like green makeup all over its arms, and then he eats it, throws it, and that's the fake bear that you see in the sky, like a constellation. And then he lands. The bear just shakes it off and walks away. <laughs> like, nothing happens. Like, a giant bear just got thrown to his potential death, got up like nothing happened, and just went, I'm going to shake it off and go tell my pals about this exciting adventure. Like, he just went off to, like, just go hang out with his friends afterwards. Like, just strolls off as if nothing happened. It is the because... defining moment of my childhood, and I didn't even experience it as a child, but, like, I yeah. want to believe that it has always just been spiritually with me, this scene. Dill, this is because we're I'm watching this scene and I'm thinking, okay, well, I'll, some shots have to be like a guy in a suit, right? And then, but then they're they're fighting, like the bear and and the and the Hulk are fighting, and the bear is like opening his mouth and like trying to bite him. And I'm like, I don't that didn't look like puppetry to Granted, me. 
it was probably like one of those like Hollywood bears. I don't know if there's a lot of them, but like one of those Hollywood right. bears it's were trained. Like, like, I don't, it's, I don't think they a trained went into, bear. I don't think that it was like one of those like neo-realist things where they went into the forest to be like, let's find a bear and let's fight it. No, like, I think it was definitely a trained bear. Yes, but to like not be a bear. It is a wild animal. It's a bear. <laughs> a bear. You have Lou Ferrigno, who is deaf, beating up a bear yeah and yeeting it in the sky the best part though is when the bear just shakes it off and walks away i think it's the funniest yeah. thing ever because it's yeah. so like <laughs> okay i'm back to yeah. reality the bear does oh. live like no yes, no bears you. were harmed in the making no. of this and we episode. don't want to see bears harmed in the making but boy no. was that fun that sequence. boy boy was that fun like, indeed i wish it was airing now so i could tell everyone to go watch it i'm still gonna tell everyone to go watch it but like i wish it was still like on tv so i could be like you missed out a great episode last night guess what happened lou ferrigno fought a bear oh my god i cried and now my notes are are i was crying from <laughs> laughing and now my notes are smeared okay this Luckily, is gonna be I already... on the tiktok this is this is gonna make the tiktok <laughs> this clip. thank god um so <laughs> so now we go after the bear, it's now post bear. So there was pre bear, there was P P B. <laughs> no, there was pre bear. Now we're in post bear. Pre bear, ew, that just sounds weird. Pre bear. Yeah. <laughs> okay, fine. I'll, uh, before the bear. I'm just trying to be like BC, like before Christ or whatever BC. Before BB. bear, before bear, and like now pre -bear, after bear. Pre bear sounds pre bear sounds like a like a procedure. Like pre -bear. I'm going through pre bear before my operation. Right, get him prepped for pre bear. Yeah, I don't know I've been that. my Grey's Anatomy era. Anyway, I, this show is just so Grey's to me. Like the whole yeah. like, we're gonna steal the fight. It's very Grey's coded for sure. Yeah. Um, I like to believe Grey's Anatomy was based off of this care this this series. Yeah, probably. who was based on the bear though? Burke. I was thinking like Karev. Mm, Karev is the bear. Yeah, that makes sense. Karev is the bear because you can mm. tame the bear. Mm. Yeah, but then anyway. the bear's just gonna leave you for their ex and just write you a note. Yeah, let's not even talk. Let's about Let's not that. even get into that. That is so. Anyway, disappointing. that's another podcast for another time. I would love um, a podcast about Grays with you, Kels. When that I travesty finally ends. Name the time and the place, Dill. We can go through. We can Are have you our. No, I'm rewatching to catch up. I've got I got up to the COVID episodes and then I fell okay. off. I know Meredith leaves. Mm -hmm. Um speaking but, of, really quickly. Yeah. How many times are they gonna borrow this whole plot beat of like we're gonna go to heaven, we're gonna talk to the people we love who died, and they're gonna tell us it's time to come with us, but not right now. You're gonna go back to Earth. We saw it with Grey's Anatomy, we saw it with Guardians of the Galaxy with Rocket, we saw it with mm. Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows with Dumbledore, and now oh, they just yeah, did it in right. Blue Beetle. I just went and saw Blue Beetle and they did the same exact thing. I like, saw Blue Beetle. Did you like Blue Beetle? I did. That was okay. But like, why would they recycle that? Like, yeah. get a new plot beat. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Continue. Anyway. I'm just so fed up. So now we get to speaking of beetles, we're talking about a different insect, Rego. rodent, oh. uh, reptile. That's what I was looking for. A bug because is we not get. A reptile, is I know, but I was trying to oh. get there. Anyway, I it wasn't a very good. It wasn't a good segue. Mm -hmm. But we get to our new obstacle, which is Michael getting bit by a snake, which is oh, hilarious. Yeah. It's a hilarious. It's hilarious how the snake 
and latches onto it. I love how it's after the bear. So it's like, you just fought a bear. And now, how can we up the stakes from a bear? Oh, let's get a snake Snake. bite. Like, it's just never going to live up to it. They should have had the snake bite happen first. Right. Yeah, but I like the bear should. The bear should have been the buildup. The bear should have been the grand finale. Because these two other events that happened post-bear, not as exciting. Yeah, no. No, um, but I will say it's it's very interesting now. Though you have a plot de- uh, device where like this man can Hulk out at any second and is in re- mm-hmm. and is responsible for this girl who believes she cannot walk and this guy who literally cannot walk because he just got bit by a fucking snake. Like right. it's some situational comedy like no other. I'll be honest. Right. So now he got bit by a snake. He needs help because you know venom and a snake Sorry, bite. I, I just saw the the mascot for the Colts just hump the goalpost. Sorry, I need to I need to close this laptop. <laughs> I, I I have it playing yeah. on the side, and, okay. and the, the Colt just literally humped the goalpost after they scored a touchdown. All right. Sorry, the coffee. Anyway, um, so what were we talking about? Snake bites. So now snake. Julie is like, oh, David, like you're a scientist, help michael with his snake bite but he can't help because he's the big dumb fucking caveman hulk so he's like i can't i don't know i don't know what you're saying and he's just kind of standing there useless so now julie has to like take over and michael's like oh you know i just need a tourniquet and like a band-aid and like whatever and then i'll be you know but you you have to leave me behind i'm dead weight now you go and so David get, uh, goes back to normal. They leave Michael behind and he hides in the river. He does one of those classic movie moments where he has the reed coming out of his mouth and he's Love hiding it. under the water. I always wanted to try that as a kid, but I was too afraid because I just well, feel like they you do can do it as an adult. Well, I'm still too afraid. Okay. Moving on. So basically this whole episode is one big chase sequence and Luckily, when it was released, it was one big episode. But one of my complaints about this was I was like, this all could have been one big thing. It did not have to be divided in two parts. Because if they just had cut down a little bit of the fat from this chase sequence, it could have been easily tacked on to the end of this, of the Mm. first part of this all. Mm. Anyway. So then our third obstacle of the day that we have to deal with is that Julie and David get stuck in quicksand and Jul- David's able to like, you know, escort her out of the quicksand. He like pushes her out. So she's safe, but now he needs help. He needs a branch. He needs Julie to get a branch so that he can grab onto it and pull himself out. Um, and he, you know, she's like, I can't do it. I can't use my legs. I got there broken. I, mm-hmm. I can't use my legs. I haven't used my legs in like years whatever so then finally she he like hulks out in the quicksand because his stress just like skyrockets so now he's you know has more weight to him than than ever and finally she gets her shit together and she stands up to get a branch and he ends up picking her up as the hulk he does this nice little hulk leap where he just like jumps really high and then like lands wherever else and then, oh, by the way, they also had a helicopter following them the whole time, yes. and he yes. throws something at the helicopter to destroy it. Mm. And so now Julie can walk. It's a goddamn miracle. She's using her legs for the first time ever. And she's like, listen, you they can't find you like this, so you need to go and hide and transform back into your regular self because if they find you like this, like it's going to be a problem. Yes. And so she kind of shoes him in a way 
like you might a, a stray dog that you can't take care of anymore. Kind of oh. like that scene in Air Bud where he like throws the basketball and is like, I don't want you anymore. Like, go yeah, get on. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? It, it just reminded me of that. And uh, <laughs> so then Juliet walks off. She's like, here, give me the medicine. I'll take the evidence and I'll take it to the police or wherever. And she just walks off into the forest, leaving the Hulk behind. We cut to seemingly days later, I'm assuming, back to the hospital. And David puts himself in that radiology machine from the beginning because he wants to run like the, yeah. you know, the treatment on himself to see it's if it'll fun, help him. A little detail earlier, he asked, oh, do you guys run it all the time? And they're like, no, we, do, we don't run it at midnight so we can conserve the energy. And it right. comes back to play because, you know, he's going to sneak in there past midnight. He's going to use it. Yes. I knew that was going to happen. Good, good eye tuck, as they would say in the Wonder Pets. Have you ever watched that? The one is that the one with Ming Ming, the, the duck? Yeah, Linny Tuck and Ming Ming too. And then they always Tuck is always point something out that's blatantly obvious. And then Ming Ming goes, Good eye, Tuck. I didn't know that, but yes, I've heard of the show. <laughs> that's just one of those weird like references like from a kid that you have like an inside as an inside joke with your family. Oh, yeah. Because the Wonder Pets were post really our like our childhood. I only watched it because I had two younger cousins that watched all the I time. You. You, and don't so, to, you don't need to make excuses. I get it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> this it's podcast. Okay. I, sing, I sing the better bake a cake song from Lazy Town every time I bake. So. Oh, you know what I sing whenever I bake? It was a Dora the Explorer episode where they were making chocolate and they said, Bate, bate, chocolate. Mix your I, chocolate. You just unlocked chocolate. a core memory there. Yep. Right? That was the best episode, was with the chocolate. And because they had like the cocoa beans. Oh my God. Yeah. Anyway, love that episode. And this it. podcast is unhinged. Um, I love I it though. It, this is so fun. I agree. I'm having um, a blast. I, I mean, think we we're both have nothing yeah. to do today. So we're just like, I'm watching football. I'm, I'm relaxing. To Hulk, I'm drinking exactly. my coffee that's already gone. I love it. And so we find out at the hospital that Julie has gone to the police. They've taken the doctor and her stepmother in custody. And she's like, oh, um, you know, David, like, you know, come live with us. Like, we'll keep you safe. Like, we'll protect you, whatever. And he's like, listen, like, people can't find out who I am and what I am because the Hulk is wanted for murder. And that's not a murder that I can prove or disprove that i didn't commit so that's another element is he forgets everything he did as the hulk which i think is very interesting is that what it's like in the mcu too i can't remember does he like forget what happened when he was the hulk i don't think yeah i i think so because every time he like becomes hulk again remember it's like the scene in avengers 2 where he's like hey like what what was the damage and then and then and then Thor is like, oh, they're yeah. in hell. The screams are filled with with all yeah. of the people. But like in killed. Ragnarok, though, he's like, I feel like he's conscious about it. He speaks. Well, yeah, because he's been Hulk for so long in Ragnarok oh, that okay. I think That's he right. kind of develops. It's kind of like he, you know, he just adapts to being the Hulk. So gotcha. I think the Hulk so like we might gets see that smarter. In this too. We might see that in this too. Maybe. Um, and so he decides that he it's best for him to go off on his own. Mr. McGee shows up. He tries to interview Julie, but Julie's just been like, I've been through so much. I really don't want to talk to you right now. (laughs) And this scene, 
still mm. was so jarring to watch because we're in the hallway of the hospital. David has already left at this point, and Mr. McGee comes up and he's like, "Hey, I want to ask you some questions about what happened." And she's like, oh, "I don't know. We'll talk in this other room." And then when they cut to them being in the other room, it is so clear that this scene was shot on two different days because her hair goes from being like this, like really sleek, like you know, like kind of really shiny, kind of like straight waves to just being a mess of curls in the next, <laughs> in literally the next frame. I and I was like, realize. guys, this was, it was so jarring. I was like, this is, this is a mess. <laughs> and then, um, and basically, yeah, the episode ends. Yeah. And, but a, and a little bit of an it. impromptu ending as well, like that we saw yeah. with Spider-Man. But I mean, it happens. I mean, there's only so much. I think they only had 90 minutes because that's how much airtime they have. But yeah, two movies. Mm. Um, it sounds like you like the latter one better, right? Is yes. that what I'm gathering? Okay, well, I like them both. I think the latter one yeah. was more fun to watch. I think the mm. first one is just like, I think a better show, a better movie just because of like the emotional depth. But like, I'm a big fan of both. It's been no secret. I think this is like some of the best, like what the best of what you could do in the 70s i think with this premise and this character and i just thought it was very interesting especially because we really haven't gotten a really good hulk thing yet and i think like she hulk is different because it's a different character um also think it's funny that she hulk kind of borrows the whole car thing in the beginning that was clearly an homage to this um mm. you know with the whole car flipping over and that's how she got the gamma it's a different thing but like um right you know kind of the similar imagery but yeah like i, mm. I thought it was very interesting but like this is still probably my favorite iteration of the Hulk, I think, so far, at least. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, I think that's... I mean, there's really not a lot to compare to. It's it's the right. Edward Norton, it's the Ang Lee version, which we'll cover at some point. I mean, there's right. not a lot of good Hulk stuff out there, but... It's, yeah, it's hard to compare them because this one just goes into so much more depth that it's, it's a little unfair because, you know, we meet you know, Mark's, Mark Ruffalo's version of the Hulk, which is supposed to be a continuation of Edward Norton's. And we still, you know, we we never got like a Hulk movie in the MCU. So we don't really have a lot to go off there. And like, they're teasing that there might be another one now that he's going Her off to the bar. But I don't even know if we're going to get that because Sorry. of the strikes and stuff. What? I just said we didn't get a Hulk movie in the MCU. And we 100% did. The Incredible Hulk exists. But no, it's no. just a different well, version. I, I thought you meant like since Mark Ruffalo took over the casting, we haven't gotten a solo of his yet. Yes, that's yeah, sure. We'll go with that. That's what I that's meant. That's what I thought you meant. I didn't just completely ignore the existence of an entire movie released in 2008. Um, yeah, so it's fine. That you're going to get a ton of questions about in this trivia match. Okay. Now. Hey, you now. Hey, now. I dropped Paddington on the floor and now he's dusty because I need to dust under my desk. I'm so sad. I did the whole Legit thing with my. Yeah, don't yeet your Paddington. He deserves better than that. But I will say, Dill, strangely enough, is that this these two episodes, the Death and the Family episodes... Two movies. These two movies. They're movies. These... Okay. These two movies um, reminded me... You know, they kind of had this, obviously, this really dark storyline of this young woman getting poisoned by her family, and it kind of really reminded me, in a weird way, of like... Um, What's his name? A Daredevil episode. And oh. I thought that if tonally we kind of went to this like dark the darker side and the and the and took on the grittiness that Daredevil does, I think that it honestly it would have landed better and it, it would have been, you know, because that that was my only issue is that tonally and kind of the way it's shot and the things that happen like don't 
really match don't always like align what's going on in the actual plot because the plot itself is dark and mm -hmm. and i think that just like tonally as a whole it could have been more could have gone more in a in a specific direction rather mm -hmm. than just being like a superhero show with a dark plot whereas like you know daredevil really like takes on that that darkness and that grittiness that we love and yeah. i think that was my biggest complaint with the plot and i with the plot with the pilot and with these two other movies or like this one whole this movie, one movie yeah. um it got better because it was a better plot but i think that the thing that's missing here is the direction and tonality hmm. yeah I no that makes I'll sense i love critic kelsey i love it um i will tell Thank you, you. Though, it's funny that you said that so the next okay. time we see the whole it's gonna be a while because in, they make a whole series about it. it. It lasts five seasons, and it ends in 1982. But then in 1988, 89, and 90, they resurrect the character for three reunion movies. So basically six years after the series ends, they bring him back for three more movies. The Incredible Hulk Returns, The Trial of the Incredible Hulk, and The Death of the Incredible Hulk. I guess that's a spoiler alert. Um, but The Trial of the Incredible Hulk, who do you think his lawyer is, Kels? Matt Murdock? It is. You know it. Wow. So you will see Daredevil in the Hulk movies um, later. Uh, that wow, I didn't even know that. And do you want to know who the crime syndicate they're fighting against is? Um, um, just give me one second. Is it in the Daredevil show? It's not a queen, but a... King? Pin? Yeah! <laughs> That's right. So there you go. Oh. Um, you're going to see Kingpin and Daredevil in the... Uh, the universe here. Um, and do you want to know uh, who you're going to see in the Incredible Hulk Returns? Um, um, Someone you saw is Hulk with in one of their movies. Betty Ross. No, think about like Hulk in the MCU being in someone else's movie. Oh, She-Hulk. No. Oh, um, 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 Iron Man. Oh, Thor. Thor is going to be in the Incredible Hulk Return. So we're going to see some Wait, other MCU crazy. faces uh, in these movies, uh, which is going to be interesting. But we will hold off on those for a little while because there's a lot of movies in between that we have to get to. Some uh, Plenty more Spider-Man movies. There's a Doctor Strange movie in there. We're going to get back to them in the first Avenger Files soon. Uh, but you know, we're going to take a week off next uh, the next few weeks, uh, and then we'll be back with the first Avenger Files soon. Uh, but Kelsey, I've been loving this whole experiment, this whole first Avengers Files. I've been loving doing it. Um, I will ask, do you have scores for these two movies, for The Incredible Hulk and The Return of the Incredible Hulk? So for the um for the pilot, I gave it a 4.5 out of 10. And then for Death in the Family, I'll give it a six out of ten. Okay. I am at a <laughs> I'm at an eight okay. for the pilot, and I'm at a seven for the next one. Just because I think the first one, like there's a lot of emotional richness and nuance. I just thought it was so like it just took me by surprise. I was like, this is so much darker and unexpected that I just really got a kick out. I, I not got a kick out of it. That's the worst word to use for this. I, I was definitely surprised by it. We'll say that. Um, then the second one was just like the bear fight is such a blast, but like, is it a little too much of them just running through the woods? Maybe. Um, yeah. You know, and, and does the build up take, like, I like it from when he's in the hospital trying to steal her file to the bear fight, that whole like, 20 30 minutes is really amazing but stuff before and stuff after i'm like eh, okay um 
but yeah, all in all, though, really, really solid. Um, but next week, we're taking a break from the first Avenger Files because we're going to go back to the present day MCU because as Kelsey and I said earlier, we didn't realize there was an MCU series dropping this week, Kelsey. So what are we covering next week? We are covering... Um... I am Groot. Sorry, I was like, what is it called? My, oh, just my favorite character. Yeah, um, and the only, the only words he can say. Well, not true. Not true. I not am true Groot. Anymore. Okay. Well, no, because that was him just saying, I am Groot, but I we know, can understand like, him because like we're Vin a part Diesel of the had family the words, now. Okay, whatever. All right. Anyway. That's a, that's a trivia That's a trivia question Jay Burns will argue in the future. <laughs> please, I, please. I, I, I told him, I was like, I, we're never going to make that a question because of obvious reasons but um because there are going to be people who say but that's, that was a translation you know so. that's going to be a polarizing polarizing question i'm sure so let's um, just leave it at that yeah. and then uh exciting stuff coming in the marvel universe trivia wise kelsey you have a match this month are you excited um yeah i'm excited i've never like done a regular match so yeah, i'm no excited to round, not no betting I'm, yeah exactly i'm excited to just have the three rounds but i'm also incredibly nervous because i the last time I studied was for the match for the for the belt match with Stacy, and that's the last time I really sat so you're down testing, and, and watched you're testing anything. out on unstudied. Like this is going to be your first test of like how you do just without something. I guess study? this is uh, when I say I'm going to study, I'm going to probably just review my flashcards that I've made gotcha. in the past. But you're not going to watch anything, but I, I don't know if I'm going to re. I'm, I don't think I'm going to have time to rewatch anything. So I think this is probably JD's match to win. So. Right. Well, we'll see. I mean, those secret invasion questions, uh, those will be fun. Um, all right. Oh, shit. So, I, invasion. Okay. <laughs> hey, I, listen, we're not going to just like make it like all secret invasion. Like, you're right. You're, right. you're probably going to get like two or three. That's it. Okay. Um, Sounds good. But you never know. I, don't, exactly. It's already written. It's already written. And so it's really okay. just up to whether, whether or not you land on it on the wheel or not. Um, cool. But I'm Dylan. You can find me at Dylan underscore Randazzo Twitter. Obviously, I'm Dylan. Why did I say that? Uh, Dylan Randazzo 417 <laughs> at TikTok or the Dill Pickle Movie Network on TikTok. That is a TikTok thing now, too. Uh, and of course, YouTube. If you want to go check us out on YouTube, if you're listening on podcasts, if you're listening on podcasts, thank you. Check us out on YouTube and vice versa. Kelsey, where can they find you? Um, you can find me on Instagram at Kelsey A. Kilpatrick, or you can follow me on TikTok at Cause13. Hell yeah. Uh, so we'll be back with a shorter episode next week uh, of I Am Groot, obviously. This this actually ran as long as the episodes we talked about today. So that's going to be fun. Uh, but next time it'll be short, probably only like 30, 40 minutes. But hey, we need a short one because we're both busy this weekend or this upcoming week. So uh, thank you guys so much for watching, and we will see you next time. <laughs>